When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Have I ever told you how much I appreciate Woody Page? Ah, no. The chalkboard today is tremendous. I'm my favorite dinosaur is the Thesaurus. It was mean, nasty, and rude. Oh, Woody. Wood, Woodrow is is a piece of work. He is. Woodrow is a piece of work. Yes, and, and his name is Woodrow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> his actual name is Woodrow Page. Oh, beat up quite a bit as a kid, but turned out to be a great okay, guy. You know, uh, <laughs> listen. For him to have lasted through the newspaper wars that were in Denver in the 70s and 80s, especially. Yeah. Tough cookie. Tough cookie. That's right. Tough cookie. Hi, folks. It's Coverdale, along with that guy named Dave G. Mm -hmm. And we've got Travion handling things at the controls today as we. Messing up already. Ah. Yeah, I can tell who's been on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Still there. You know, you're like, ah, that was so fun. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, uh exactly. Daydreaming. There's a lot going on, though, on that board in that situation. Compared to the other boards, that dude, no, no, you, that's fine. No, that's on. that's the Starship Enterprise as yeah. opposed to flying the. Uh, let's see, what's the one? Like from? an escape pod. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Starship, and then you got the ones that just shoot out and just put you on a planet. I, I was just going to go with Tie Fighter, right? No, you know, dude, yeah. not even that. It's, <laughs> it's child's play compared to that thing. I can't believe. It. I look over and I'm like, no, man. No, 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 thank you. The Cats last night with a victory. It was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. They had to fight back. And a comment that was made after the game that was dead on by Arthur Kaluma that I want to touch on because, let's be perfectly honest, he's right in this assessment. Some of the hardest games that you could play is the game right before Christmas break and the game right after Christmas break. So, you know, like, we was just getting the rest off, you know. It was good to be back in Brown, good to see our fans back in there. And I feel like as we keep playing and we get into Big 12 play, we'll, we'll be good. The Cats with the 62-55 win scored the first eight points out of halftime and turned the game on its head after being down by three. But they went from shooting 36% in the first half to shooting 52 in the second. Mm. 
adjustments mm-hmm. are always strong. But one of the things that stands out for this game, all told they shot 14 three-pointers, made three, continues to be a problem for the Cats. You know what the other flip of that is? Giving up the three yeah. continues to be a problem Jeez. for the Cats. I, I took the moment here in getting ready for today to look up where they set right now in terms of three-point defense. Not going to like it, are we? Bottom third of the country mm. in Division One. Everybody's had their day against K-State, it seems like, for as far as threes go. Just bombing them. Well, and that's how Chicago State was able to build out to a lead last night. They hit five of eight. Yeah, five of eight in the first half. Second half, they go two of eight. So much better defense in the second half. And quite possibly, the you know, confidence wanes a little bit. The legs also go a little bit. Right. If you're Chicago State and now playing in your 19th game of the season. Right. But the fact of the matter is that you know, they come out and they start firing and they start hitting, and that gives all kinds of confidence. This K-State team needs to very quickly get better on three-point defense. Yeah, and I think this is the second time that, just as a casual fan, I've noticed that the reaction to either a, a loss or just a not-a-great game, mm. everybody's like, eh, you know, eh, it's the game after Christmas break. Eh, you know, they were hitting some shots we didn't, you know, eh, eh. Is this the vibe of this team? Is this a collection of guys that are just kind of not going to get bent out of shape about really anything? Do we have a guy on the team that is going to kick some people in the the pants? Oh. You know, um, at some point, at at some point, somebody has to get angry. <laughs> you know, someone has to say that's not good enough. The game after Christmas, I get it. We get it. We are only human. But it rings a little hollow because there hasn't been a real sense of urgency for the whole non-conference. So, and I think it's like this team, I can see them rolling out this kind of performance um, before Thanksgiving or the day mm-hmm. after or mm-hmm. when when the – the moon is at its highest peak in the month. You know, <laughs> and when the harvest moon as opposed to the blue moon, um, you get that kind of uh, every once in a while when the crickets are chirping before 6 a.m., it gets a little weird. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm playing around, but it's weird. I'd like to see a guy throw something or yell or do something, but I don't know if there's – any, if you know, on that roster, I don't know if there's one guy that is like there. That. Someone who has the Marquise Noel role. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. I think we all understood last year who that guy was with that team. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's you know sometimes it works to have it be the coach, 
and then sometimes you need a guy mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I there was something really interesting that I had read about the Cowboys after they made the switch from Jimmy Johnson. You know, he was really in people's faces. Yes, yes, and. When he is replaced by Barry Switzer, who's more of a, you know, <laughs> then Troy Aikman had to kind of take over that role as a guy who was all over people. And he said the last three years of his career were, he was miserable because he was the bad guy. And so I hope that, I guess, I hope that there's the coaches, I hope they're kind of like cracking the whip and getting angry at people. I don't know. It just seems a little too nonchalant, I guess. And it doesn't seem like there's a guy out there who's like, come on, let's go. Um, So I'm a bit worried. I I am a little. One thing that is a little intriguing coming off of last night's game. Taj Manning played for the first time since November 22nd. And while the line isn't anything that is going to be eye-popping at you. It's not Michael Beasley numbers. No. Four points, three boards, hit both of the shots that he took in playing 14 and a half minutes. It was still, however, a stretch of play that got his head coach's attention. So proud of Taj Manning. You know, the young fella, you know, part of what we do is and the most of what I hope we do is just develop men and teach them how to be, you know, great, great people first and love their teammates and care about the team more than they care about themselves. And, you know, this week coming back, you know, Quez was practicing, you know, most of the time. And uh, so, you know, minutes in practice were cut down for some guys. And uh, Taj could have stood on the side and sulked. Instead, he sent a text message to Anthony Winchester, Coach Winchester, who Adub, who had the scout, and asked him if he could be on scout team. You know, and uh, and so you got a, a dude, scholarship guy, says, "Hey, I'm a volunteer to be on scout team to help my team in any way I can." And uh, and so because of that, he was ready, right? He was ready for this. We needed energy, and I knew he would bring energy and. Four minutes on the floor in the first half, it changed the energy. Stat sheet might have said one rebound, but just his four minutes out there changed it. And but he was ready. He didn't sulk. He didn't pout. He he just he just keeps working, man. And uh, I don't know what it's gonna look like moving forward for him, but I know that I, you can count on a guy like that, right? In the for the long run, you can count on a guy like that. And um, other three freshmen that played, I thought they they did a good job. And uh, we have to, you know, figure out how to develop some depth on our bench. And um, but just proud of the win because it's it's hard to win. It's quite telling that you do have a young man who elected to say, "Listen, I'll take some time on the scout team to help this team improve." But coach mentioned depth right there at the end of that quote right at the end of that commentary. Depth took a hit last night. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned it before we went off the air yesterday afternoon. And that was already the reports were out that Quest Glover was on crutches. Mm. Suffered a setback with his knee injury that has cost him the entirety of the season thus far. And at this point, it's not clear 
when he may be coming back. He came back and uh, had a full team out there at practice, and it looked pretty good. You know, when we worked on some things that we can do with two veteran guards out there that you really can't do, you know, when you don't have that, the, the guard depth, looked pretty good for like three and a half days. And then he had a, I don't know if it was a misstep, a bump, or whatever, but it was just one of them freak things. Now, that said, it doesn't mean that all is lost, but it may mean that Glover's season is done for. I don't know all the details yet. We have this rule on our staff, like no bad news on game day. So they haven't give they didn't give me the, the whole thing. And I knew it was bad news because nobody would tell me what the MRI said. So just walking up here, I was told that, you know, it's possible surgery. They didn't give me the, the whole detail of everything yet. So. Something else that Coach had mentioned at the last point of discussing last night was that this team is 10-3 and going into the conference schedule. That speaks right now to where this team is in terms of its coaching. It has overcome a lot, primarily the fact that you have two players that they were counting on very heavily to be contributors, starting five guys that are not on the floor right now. Didn't log a minute. Not one minute. Have not logged a minute all season. Naquan Tomlin and Quest Glover. These are the times that make coaches pull their hair out, mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. where you think that you have things lined up beautifully, only to have something go wrong. And it puts you in a situation where that coaching job becomes much more challenging. At the end of this year, it will be an interesting question to ask Jerome Tang and his staff. How do you feel your coaching job was this year? (laughs) Because I've got a feeling that when they look back, even just at this non-conference stretch, they may say that this was a better job coaching than what they did last year. Great point. There was a part of last season, especially towards the end, where it was, um, we just kind of let them do their thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. This team, that team, just got got hot and just did what they do. This is one of the criticisms that I have had with Bill Self over the years in watching his teams. For a vast majority of the season, he's able to just roll the ball out and let the talent take hold. Mm -hmm. For the vast majority. You notice when it becomes tournament time that there's a lot more coaching that is going on on that sideline than we have seen during the course of a season in-game coaching Mm -hmm. from self. And maybe I read that wrong, not being a Kansas fan. Maybe I read that wrong, but to me, it's something that becomes very evident in how I watch the game. And last year, it was that way almost the full season for Mm -hmm. K-State. I... To look at it, that that's a really interesting way to look at it, and I think that they have uh, last last year was such a on the fly. We are all learning about mm. each other how to do this, what we're doing on the fly. But this 
has been from the outset difficult. It's been a struggle. He said it's tough to win. It's just been tough to be a part of the program this season. It is not coming. Not one thing has come easy for them. And I hope that I hope that this whole thing hasn't been draining and it's more of a battle test kind of thing where these guys are ready for anything and um, they can roll with the punches instead of get towards the back half of this Big 12 conference and they run out of juice. They're just mm-hmm. mentally and physically fatigued because it is a grind and here it comes. It's it's now on us. I'm hoping the, the coaching staff, when he talks about depth, that's what he's talking about. We just need some more bodies in there contributing, um, like Taj Manning. That five minutes, at, like the, that five-minute break they had, um, and I think actually Chicago State cut it to five at that mm-hmm. point. Taj Manning took over, <laughs> and that it was really impressive. His He had a couple plays back-to-back that sealed it for K-State, and it was Amazing to watch, and then the I year- lived with him, so I seen like his everyday schedule. So I seen like he kind of set the blueprint of like what it takes, the amount of work you have to put in to get to that level. Like how often he was just in the gym, how often he was watching film. Like he never turned it off. Like his mind, it was always how can I get better, mentally or physically. He basically laid the blueprint for mm. me. Talking about <laughs> that guy from last year. Yeah, yeah. I hope they all sat and watched. Um, at least the, the, the with you know with respect to the the freshman they would have been here, but the rest of the guys, I hope they took note uh, because it never it never diminished, N- it never once diminished. Those guys kept going, and in fact, they got stronger at the end. And I hope that's what happens here this season as well. Um, but well, like we've said, they've just faced so much adversity so early. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And yet, 10-3. and three. And we'll talk more about mm-hmm. where the questions abound for this team going into conference play to open up our second hour this afternoon here on the game. Dave G, alongside, I'm Troy Coverdale. Mitch enjoying another day off today. Boy, that guy in his days off, mm-hmm. I tell you. We're back with more on the game in a moment. K-State women's basketball coming up tonight with coverage at 6 o'clock. The Cats getting set to match up tonight with Houston as they look to go to 2-0 in conference play tonight, having opened with a win at Cincinnati on Saturday. 6.30 tip-off tonight. Take care of the newbies first, you know. Let them know this is what you can expect <laughs> for the next 50 years. And then move it oh, on. Oh, if it was just so easy. Oh, if it was just that easy. So, it has been an, a day in which, well, we've watched a lot of uh, stupidity, I guess, would be the way to put it in the last 36 hours, if you will. It's something that I normally don't do is even really pay attention to the Pat McAfee show. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I just don't. Usually it falls into that time of the day where I get my nap, which is part of it. Um, and I just don't have all of the juice to put up with him jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing. <laughs> yeah. And and that's not a, a full-on knock against him. It's just not my show. Right. It, it's not my not my cup of tea. Last week, Mitch and I spent a little time watching it just as we're killing time in Orlando. And I had a good laugh over the fact that they've got a disclaimer at the front of every hour of it. Have you seen this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, they're, they're basically, we'll call it the Brett Favre clause. <laughs> Uh, disclaimer, because, you know, it basically ends with, please don't sue us. <laughs> and they do it with someone who is doing it in Lou Holtz's voice, mm-hmm. you know, mocking Lou Holtz's voice <laughs> right down to the lisp. Okay, so, you know, that tells you how seriously they take the disclaimer. <laughs> Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, during his usual hit, his weekly stop to spread his conspiracy theories and more, I did. I'm sorry. Did I step up? Okay. No. Uh, I don't know how to handle this guy. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, it it really. He is. He's 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 out there. He is, man. He is out there, and he he took a shot at Jimmy Kimmel yesterday because he got basically hurt. <clears throat> Over jokes of that are over a year old that Jimmy Kimmel told regarding Aaron's, uh, uh, I've been inoculated, or I've, you know, basically trying to say that he had been uh, protected against right. COVID right. when he caught COVID <laughs> because he would not take the vaccine in violation, by the way, of what the NFL's policy was at the time. He flouted the policy. So, yes, the comedians, especially the late-night guys, had a heyday. I went back and I watched what Jimmy Kimmel's jokes were. And I'm perfectly honest here. Jimmy does some things that I'm not a fan of either. Right. Okay? But I don't stay up late at night. You have to understand that, okay, late-night jokes are just that. They're late-night jokes. Right. And he did a whole bit where he basically interviewed the doctor, (laughs) kind of like along the lines of his interviewing Mike Lindell, quote unquote Lindell, (laughs) Um, you know, and it was semi humorous and it was okay. But honestly, his digs that he took at Aaron Rodgers weren't all that great. Right. It's late night TV, man. And... And Jimmy Kimmel's like the last, like, to me, it seems like he's like the last of the old school kind of guys. And that's not saying that much. Right. But. Well, it and he's got a problematic past as well. Sure. Um, as we were discussing during the break, 
you know, he did an entire bit where he basically was mocking Carl Malone, but he did it in blackface. Right. I think he dressed up like Shaq in blackface, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you really want to go back in the history, you know, him and Adam Carolla and the man show. Was rough. Yes, it was. It was rough. If you look at it 20 years down the line, (laughs) that was rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the 90s, yeah. It was a different time. It definitely worked for the 90s, you know. So, again, I'm not a Jimmy Kimmel defender by any stretch of the imagination. No, but to be this angry and to say what he's saying about him is like, dude. Making cracks about the Epstein list. Man. The Jeffrey Epstein list, which, by the way, <clears throat> yeah, you thought that was getting unsealed today? No, 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 no. No, it's delayed again until the 22nd. Mm-hmm. And it'll, I mean. It'll they, continue to be delayed yeah, till. Forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> if they sealed the JFK thing for 90 years, what do you, are you think this list is ever yeah. going to get out? I mean, come on, man. There's too many people who's. Jeez. High rollers. In well, list. and, and. And without getting too dramatically political into this, the fact of the matter is, is that there are so many high profile people on every political side of the aisle. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about there are religious types that have issue here. You have Republican, Democrat. It doesn't matter. For Epstein, what mattered was money. Now, I'm not going any farther into that side of this discussion. I'm just pointing out to make that a political issue is completely ignoring the fact that it was a wide breadth of people that Epstein interacted with over the years. If you had money, he wanted to interact with you. Right. It's kind of like the Balco steroids list where I was like, who didn't take steroids? Pretty much. Pedro yes. Martinez. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, gee, many Christmas. So for for that aspect of it, sure. we'll take the political side of it out. But what does that list automatically make you think of? Sex trafficking. Yeah. Because that's what the the dig is. And so he goes on a sports show, does Aaron Rodgers, and makes a dig regarding Jimmy Kimmel because he was butthurt over two wisecracks. I mean... Two jokes that are over a year old now. In late night TV. You know what I mean? Like, it's corny. It's unbelievable. Dude, it's just... Can you imagine anybody going after Johnny Carson like that? No. No. <laughs> It's not as no. extreme, but it reminds me of Trump being like, oh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, well. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah again, <laughs> again, that's, you know. They're supposed to make fun of well, me. Well, right. <laughs> they do. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, 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 and in that aspect, yes. And that's what Kimmel is supposed to do. He's supposed to. I mean, let's be perfectly honest here. And it was wacky. Like, what he, what. Aaron Rodgers was talking about and the way he was talking about it, it did come off kind of wacky, man. And it was like, what is going on? It was a wild time to be alive. That's for sure. And I don't know, man. It seems like he's kind of stepping into some hot water here because now Jimmy Kimmel, his clap back at him had like, man, 
you know, I'm going to sue you and stuff. Do you like, think he came back a little too strong? He did come back pretty strong. I, I think, I, I mean, not saying it's not justified, but I feel like he came back a little too strong for the, because to me it's like silence says a lot more than just being like, well, I'm going to sue. Or a well-timed joke would have been Right, <laughs> yeah, a joke would have been better would've too. Would have been perfect. The flaw is is that he's got a very valid point regarding the threats. Sure. That is true. And it, because the atmosphere that we are living in right now, you know, there are, there are threats and swatting attempts, and it doesn't matter, again, uh, your political leaning. There are these types of things that are going on constantly on both sides of the aisle mm. right now. The extremists on both sides are are taking aim if they feel that you have slighted one of their heroes. Mm-hmm. And so I understand exactly where he's coming from, and especially given that he's got a relatively young child in the house. Sure. So it does not surprise me that he came back firing that way <laughs> because... Yeah, uh, at that point, it's about being, about defending and probably already tired of the threats that he's already been getting for how long? Because he had the audacity to joke about a politician. Well, it seems like on social media, the kind of mood around the response of his response is like, oh, Jimmy's coming on a little strong. Maybe he knows, like. Yeah, I know. You and, know, and, you know it gets he's a little, fearful that he's on the list. Right, right. Uh, again, th- this list does not even solidify who did what sure with 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 epstein right it doesn't it's just a list of people who it interacted could have just been with people him. that just were at the same party as him somewhere exactly you know? the, the whole thing is just so overblown and then you have aaron Rodgers wade right into the middle of it right to insult a comedian how would you like to be bob Iger in espn today disney slash espn today right Talk about an utter morass of having to walk very delicately. Man. Because this is happening on your two properties. Mm-hmm. You think they're like, oh, no, or they're like, oh, yes. I like Pat McAfee. To, to have fallen in, like, you know, backside backwards into this situation where um, he gets to interview Aaron Rodgers. And he started the interview thing. At a time when Aaron Rodgers was not talking at all and he was still kind of deciding what he was going to do if he was going back to the Packers, if he wanted to be mm-hmm. traded, and they got him because of the A.J. Hawks, you know, a connection. And, I mean, Pat McAfee's got to be like, turn his mic up. <laughs> yes, yes, whatever you want to say. I mean, it's got to be, for him, it's gold. For him, it's gold, but he even found himself having today to oh, offer a defense. Oh, really? I didn't see. see I didn't see the show and, today. And and his defense is that essentially, uh, it was not an insinuation. It was just a comment. Mm. It was a throwaway joke. He was just talking expletive. Ah. As my comment on Twitter was, Bob Iger, who heads up Disney, to Norby Williamson of ESPN last night, fix it. That's how I viewed that. That email had CCCC, like, <laughs> I mean, just everybody. Uh, let's put it this way. McAfee actually was wearing a sleeved shirt today whoa, on the show. Whoa, 
What was the temp in Indianapolis today? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Freezing cold. So, you know, that tells you already. Wow. But it, it puts Disney into a very interesting spot. Yeah, it does. Because they're also, you know, not only are they paying McAfee a lot of money, Jeez. McAfee's paying Rogers a lot of money for that weekly stint. And isn't Jimmy Kimmel on ABC? Yes. Oh, boy. Ooh. All this drama, and they lose Steamboat oh, Willie and the whole thing. What? Who? Who is? Uh, by the way, uh, now being tied into a uh, horror flick slash game. Of course. I'm. I commented on that this morning. For those who don't know, uh, the copyright finally expired on the Mickey Mouse that appears in Steamboat Willie. How do you delineate between the Mickey Mouse of that and the Mickey Mouse that exists now? I'm not by much because it's the same. And that's what I'm saying. The lawyers are going to have a heyday with this. Oh, no. Disney is sitting here wringing its hands going, hmm. They call in Pat McAfee to the office and the big mouse is like, oh, Oh, you had to go and do this now? Some of the best South Park episodes (laughs) ever, ever of Mickey Mouse sitting behind that Just desk. Just a gangster, man. He got <laughs> So you're going to put a you're going to put a shirt on with sleeves and you're going to go out there and you're going to apologize for him. And I got this I got all this uh, going on behind the scenes and you want to pull this, McAfee. I will say this though. It did help a dead week here before we play the college football championship Absolutely, game. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Thank you. You know, and, and where the NFL is essentially backup quarterback weekend. I mean, geez. So, you, you know, know. Uh, it, by, by the way, my advice to you, if you were looking at betting the NFL this week, yeah, lay low. Lay, lay low. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that <laughs> as it pertains to the Chiefs a little later as well. Oh, my goodness. I mean, between Lamar, like, cementing the, M- yes, you know, the MVP. MVP and then no one playing. I mean, it's boring. Yeah, it's going know? to be a very weird weekend in the NFL. Yes. All right. We continue in a moment on the game. For all of the questions that we're going to delve into with the K-State men's basketball team coming up as we begin the 5 o'clock hour on the game, a lot of questions do not loom for the women's basketball team, which gets itself ready tonight to match up with Houston coming up at 6. The Cats at 13-1 and on the season, Matching up with a Houston team that comes in at 9-3. and three. Give me a moment. I'm going to get the uh, Big 12 standings up in front of me. Because at one point, the teams in the Big 12 on the women's side, you had almost all of them with a winning record hmm. in the non-con. That's a heck of a way to go through. <laughs> Man. <laughs> You have uh, five teams in the rankings this week, including the Cats at number 11, heading into the matchup tonight. There we go. Sports, standings, there it is. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's a fine-tuned machine here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Everybody in the conference has a winning record. Every single team. The worst record among anybody in the conference 
going into tonight's action, three teams are seven and five. Wow. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. And, you know, they could turn it around. Three are unbeaten. TCU, Baylor, and West Virginia. Mm. Uh, Ironically, TCU and West Virginia are the two lowest-ranked teams in the top 25 out of the group at 23 and 24. Hmm. So their non-con must have been pretty weak, but still. That's what the general assessment is, yes, plus the fact that in TCU's case, 14-0, 12 and 0 at home. <laughs> 2 and 0 neutral. Ah, not even one true road game. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Um Baylor 7 home games getting out to 12 and 0, two road games, three neutral. Yeah. You, you know, you get the idea. Oh yeah. Yeah, no one else by the way has played more than uh no one else has played more than 9 home games. Texas Tech is in that as 9 of their 13 Make that of their 14 games, having been home games. <laughs> One road game. Dang. Meanwhile, K-State has a 3-0 and road record. Mm-hmm. True road record. Including winning in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. Just, just as a point, just a... Pretty big, especially after you, we were talking about earlier, watching what Miss Clark did... Last night, my goodness. Logo three. For the Marquise Noel special. 14 of 34 last night. She went 14 minutes in the second and third quarters where she didn't score. Yet, still, winds up winning the game man. against Michigan State last night. The dagger, man. Even the way she shot, like the way her arm, it, mm-hmm. was it a weird angle? Like it was like around the defender? Like <laughs> this girl, man, wow. She can create. She sure can. She can create. There is no doubt about that. And it, like I said, it's like Marquise where it's like he, he, they do it every day mm-hmm. in practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just like, eh, no big deal. I'd shut this down. Let's go home. So – you get the the point of where the conference is right now, going into the conference slate on the women's side, and K-State is riding in a very good spot. Tonight, yes. matching up with a Houston team that dropped its conference opener to Texas Tech this weekend, but, again, is 9-3 and three coming in. The Cats opened on the road at Cincinnati, struggled in the first quarter, but got going in the second and they come out with a victory despite Aoka Lee being in foul trouble all day and winding up uh, not even reaching double digits in points. They've got the ability to do so many different things, whether one, unlike where the men are right now and trying to figure out what the pieces are still, right? the women know what the pieces are, and they have found ways to be able to maneuver without a piece or two because the roster is so stacked for them. Mm-hmm. They've got the depth that the men are lacking right now. Right. Uh, and, you know, and it's unfair to put that comparison out there. Sure. Because the programs are built differently. But it, in terms of explaining why the women are out to the success they are, you can be down a piece and still be a very good ball club. Team, that machine is humming. You know, when they win one part – loses or breaks down the other parts just pick it right back mm-hmm. up and it is a wonder to see 11th in the country and i'm like that's low because they are playing <laughs> great basketball. yes but have you seen how tough the top 10 is yes, right I, now you know and that i will say 
thank goodness that that it is starting to expand women's basketball to where even outside of the top 10 now you have really good basketball mm-hmm. teams because for so long it was two teams. Yes. And that was it. Yeah. It was UConn and Tennessee and everybody else. And now we're starting to see slowly but surely we're starting to expand more to where the whole thing, one day it will be that top 25 is tough. Everybody's tough in it. Um, but, yeah, there is somewhat of some parity. But then, like, South Carolina will score 100 points on something. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. 100's nothing. Yeah. I'll tell you why when we continue on ah! the game. We talked at length yesterday about buy games and teams having to fight through, well, in Chicago State's case, being an independent. Tonight will mark their 20th game played when they, 21st game played, when they take on Oklahoma State one night after facing the Wildcats. Dude. So when you're on that side of college basketball, Division I college basketball, you find yourself struggling to find teams that you can get to come play home games. Northern New Mexico comes to mind I, I as, mean, a, as a team that made a few stops in Greeley over the years. Can, can I – that's a real team? Northern New Mexico? Yes, it is. That's crazy. That's man. an NAIA school. That's crazy. That's an NAIA school. Sorry to get you off. That's crazy, man. So I tell you that – to borrow the old line, to tell you this. Grambling State has set an NCAA Division I record for margin of victory in men's or women's basketball. Wait until I tell you who they blew out. Final score, 159-18. to Oh, my God! The Lady Tigers' 141-point cushion topped Savannah State's 155-26 to route of Georgia Wesleyan in November of 2018. They blew out first-year Division II school, College of Biblical Studies. <laughs> it was a biblical beatdown. 34 <laughs> nothing before CBS scored its first back basket with 214 remaining. Yeah, Grambling said he's going to confession for that beatdown. 159 to 18 <sighs> to set an NCAA record. Good night. Oh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a buy game of buy games right there. Oh, boy. 